let me set the scene. Set away. I feel like I'm in eighth grade. Okay. And the news is happening. And mm-hmm. people are like, Olivia Newton-John died. How sad. And I swear to God, John Travolta made like a big thing about how much he missed her. Like, I swear to fucking God this happened, Marika. <laughs> like, a blonde celebrity of that age died. And then John Travolta said some things about how sad he was about it. So I fucking swear to God, Olivia Newton-John has already died. And this is a fucking elaborate ruse. It's the Berenstain Bears? Yeah. You're pranking me right now. I'm not pranking you. This is also like two weeks too late. But who I think you're remembering misremembering is farrah fawcett but why would john travolta comment on her death i don't know maybe they were friends that's no john travolta (laughs) doesn't have friends he's friends with olivia newton john (laughs) yeah only because they met before scientology took him is that true i don't even know isn't he in scientology i think he's trying to get out but it's gonna cost a lot of money i assume it costs you your life if you leave scientology I mean, almost. How did what's her name get out? You know who I'm talking about. I feel like she was on King of Queens. Yeah. What is her name? Leah Remini. Yes. Yes. How'd she get out? I don't know. Honestly, she probably sold someone in. Probably. <laughs> someone so higher up. Well, who joined after her? Ooh, we should do some. No. I want to have like the board <laughs> with the strings connecting everything, just being like, this is the only way it makes sense. But the only reason you're doing it is to try and prove that Olivia Newton John has now died a second time. She's died a second death. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is not food related news or news at all. It's actually something that happened a few weeks ago by the time you're hearing about it, so ignore this completely. Whatever. Would you like to hear a news headline? Yeah. Food related. Read me a food news. Okay, this is from CBC News. It says, BC Restaurant sues local food delivery app over more than twi- or sorry, 220000 in missed payments. <laughs> Multiple BC restaurant owners say that they have not received money owed to them by Victoria startup Tutti. Tutti? Yeah. Who na- That's a terrible it's name It's a for terrible name. T-U-T-T-I. So JJ Wonton Noodle House filed a notice of civil claim in June against the owners of Tutti, a Victoria-based food delivery app. Restaurant alleges that Tutti's parent company, KAVL Technology, and its CEO, Kaisa Ayer... Why do I even try and pronounce things? Ayer Knoz owed them $220,775 in missed payments between April 2021 and May of 2022. Wow. They've yet to file a response to the claim. How the fuck do you keep using something that long when you're not that, like that's insane seems like it kind of fooled me once shame on you <laughs> fooled me twice get a new fucking app it's not like there's not others like out there's there. literally a thousand other apps which is this just like a conspiracy from uber eats did they create a fake app to <laughs> To make themselves look better. So they're doubling down because of the increase in revenue from mm-hmm. like when people like transition over to them yep. who maybe wouldn't have before. And also all the money that they're keeping. It's an elaborate ruse. We've cracked it. Let's break out the red yarn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, that's what's going on in the food related world right now. That's perfect. What a, what a <laughs> wild introduction to this week's episode of Pantry Staples, everybody. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods. I am Marika. And I'm Emily. And uh, we're back with another... Season four, Season episode two. Dose. Secrets of the Menu. Okay. <laughs> sure, yes. I don't know. And I'm 
you know, I, I saw your salad last week, and I'm raising you another famous salad. If it's the Waldorf salad, I'm going to be very excited. You better believe it. Fuck yeah. I'm actually jazzed about this. I didn't know you were doing it, but I've been like, yeah, that's the one I was going to do next. I, I was going to do all these other things. I was like looking at some desserts, and then I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. What if we like course it out so it's like first salads, then soups, then oh, entrees, then that. desserts? Oh, because I have a salad for next week, too. <laughs> Okay, well, perfect. Okay, fun. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Behind the curtain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's get into it. The Waldorf Salad. Indeed. Named for the famous Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, was created for a charity ball benefiting the St. Mary's Hospital for Children on March 14th, 1893. 1893? Yeah, it's an old-ass salad. This is an old-ass salad. Also, just, like, charity balls at hotels seem like the cuntiest of exchanges, which really just makes sense for this cunty-ass salad. And I love a Waldorf salad, and I say that with love. <laughs> I think this this was a fun one to research, because mm. it's, it's at once, like, yeah, very basic and exactly what you think it's going to be, but also, like, there's twists and turns, and Ooh. it's, like, I don't know. It's pretty fun. All right, let's hear it. So the Waldorf's uh, famous maitre d'hotel, or maitre d mm-hmm. um oscar Cherky. okay t-s-c-h-i-r-k-y nice is mostly credited he's like pretty much given a full credit for the salad's conception it appeared in a cookbook he wrote called the cookbook two words by i love that oscar of the waldorf oh which is what everyone called him Ugh, i love stuff like this so much i know um, so let's do a little bit about Oscar, who, like, a billion percent needs to be played by Colin Firth in the movie that you and I will make about his life. Ugh. You know I'm such a slut for Colin Firth. Yeah! It's... Who isn't a slut for Colin Firth, though? And if you're not, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Exactly. He's charming. He's a delight. Yeah. Um, so Oscar was born in Switzerland in 1866. Mm-hmm. And emigrated to New York in 1883. Mm-hmm. He started working as a busser, but quickly became the maitre d' at Delmonico's, which is another New York institution, before establishing himself at the Waldorf and earning his nickname. He was at the oh. Waldorf from uh, 1893 until uh, like 1946, I think, I write down, when he like retired and then he died like four years later. The hotel was the only thing sustaining him. I literally have shivers. <laughs> I know. Like, it's... goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is the kind of person where it's like, it's, he was the hotel. Ugh. God <laughs> so damn. So cute. Um, so, although he was not actually ever a chef, and not, like, trained in kitchen things, he has become associated with a number of iconic restaurant-related foods hmm. uh, from the late 19th century, probably because of his cook book. Um, so something sneaky way to get in there. You're just like, haha, I've published first to publish. Yeah. But I think it's just, and I have like a quote later, but he was so inextricably re- like linked to the whole, like all of service and like the menu at the Waldorf mm. and the Waldorf was like such this, like an institution, an institution and like revolutionary in so many ways that I will also get to, mm. um, yeah, so it's like he's synonymous. So things, and there's there's more that I think we're going to come back to him, I think, more this season. So he's got a Thousand Island Dressing. Oh. Eggs Benedict. What? I I didn't fully look into it because I was like, maybe we'll do later. But I feel like Steak a Lost Car might have something to do with him. 
him or he's definitely got like there's an Oscar you, thing. You know that that's not true. I don't know because I didn't look it up, but I'm thinking But no, you know who Steak Oscar is for. I don't I don't believe in that Steak Oscar story. <laughs> All right, well we'll save that one for when we do that dish. Mhm. Mhm. Um in 1902, he also published Serving a Course Dinner by Oscar of the Waldorf Astoria, oh. a booklet that explains the intricacies of being a caterer to the American and international elite. Which, if we can find it, I want to read that We book. should 100% do that book club. So cute. The whole, all of this, like the Waldorf and Oscar and the salad, even, like by extension, even though it's kind of a dumb salad, is that it's- What? Like, it's a bit of a dumb salad. There's grapes on it. It's delicious. I, it's, again, no beef, but it's a dumb salad. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's the, this is the forefront of a new kind of restaurant and like cuisine. Like, we're kind of, trans- they're transitioning out of that kind of mid-earliest 19th century, like, where you've got the super, super, like, beyond upper-class people, which you still have here, but then there's also, there's more room for the middle class, and you can hmm. go out to eat, and it's a lavish dining experience, but also kind of more... Accessible, I guess? I think so. And, like, it's not that kind of, it's it's food that's food rather than just like everything that's like jellies and what a concept i mean and then of course we go back to that pretty swiftly by like the 20s and 40s but Mm -hmm. interesting like i don't know it's funny to hear you say that because like when i think of a maitre d of a hotel or like of a restaurant like from that time period i do get that kind of air of like making it inaccessible because of that one specific person but then Mm -hmm. for having him be like at the forefront of something that is like a change in like how many people are actually going that aren't of the like super 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 upper echelons I th- does that make sense you know what i'm saying yeah i think it maybe i'm not quite like mm. understanding like it's just because everything i'm reading is like romanticizing it so much mm. but i think like the hotel itself um was like mo- completely modern so this is like a mm-hmm. modern cuisine like we're entering that new a new century it's going to be the 20th century and I think he's such a, like, he, there's a face mm-hmm. to the food and the face to the service that I think there wasn't before. Like, yeah. before, service was always, like, you know, you have your white-gloved butlers, but they're supposed to be... Invisible. Invisible. And Oscar is a personality. People are coming to the Waldorf for him. Honestly, the decline of the maitre d' is tragic. I know! It's because of the rise of celebrity chefs, and frankly, I think that was a fucking joke. Agreed. Anyways. Anyway. But Oscar was kind of a celebrity. He's a celebrity ma- maitre d'. So we um, have James Remington McCarthy, who wrote uh, Peacock Alley, which is a book about the um, the Waldorf Astoria. Cool. He said that Oscar gained renown among the general public as an artist who composed sonatas and soups, symphonies and salads, minuets in sauces, and lyrics in entrees. Oh, I love that so, so much. Cute. So yeah, so he's kind of the beginning of like a celebrity restaurateur, mm-hmm. and he, and then also um, uh, George Bolt, who's one of the um, like owners of the of the Waldorf Astoria, started. It seems like we're kind of pioneering in that notion that the guest is always right. Interesting. And it's not in like the so guest he's is right. The guy, we got to go back in time and kill. <laughs> well. But I think it's that idea of hospitality where it's not, again, you're not serving someone because they're your employer. You're serving them because 
they're a guest. And like the idea of you have to almost win the business whereas before you were brought in to their business kind of thing. I think so. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, of course you do it. It's your job is to just serve. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. The hotel itself had opened, um, also in 1893. There's some things, some said that the cell's 96. Mm. Lots of it's like the same years. I don't know. It's Wikipedia and all that. Mm. Um, and during construction was seen by many as a laughing stock, partly because of how many bathrooms it had. That's funny. <laughs> but this is true because it was apparently revolutionary. It had a private bathroom for each guest suite, which is something that like didn't happen before. Oh, can you imagine the scandal? <laughs> I yeah, it seems more scandalous to have to share a bathroom. But It really does. The idea of sharing a bathroom is truly tragic. Yeah, where you have to share a bathroom. The first time that my family and I, we went to London, mm. it's shared bathroom. Horrible. I always check before I book a hotel to make sure it's not. It also appeared like it was one of the first to have like full electricity, which... Damn. Like, yeah. Um, and people saw a palatial hotel... As something that's supposed to be out, like it's out of place in New York. They're like, oh, it's ruining the skyline. That's so funny. Like the people, and I think the thing that we also have to remember is this is a time when hotels are seen as like, like women wouldn't like, don't go into hotels. Like you don't, not even if you're accompanied. It's like, <gasps> really? I mean, that kind of changed like with the Waldorf too. Like this is a changing time, but it's the kind of, it's like, oh, like I would never be seen at a hotel. That's for the ladies of the night. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What a wild time. And like, you think about it and you're like, this is not more than like 130 years ago. Like, shit changes so goddamn quickly. Like, or just like our cultural values so quickly. I know. I know. Including wanting to eat fresh lettuce instead of just (laughs) jelly. People were also scandalized because George Bolt, who's, Mm. again, this one of the owners, um, he made all the servers be clean shaven, even though he wore a beard. Oh. This made this made the news. According That's to so them. funny. Okay, but also that scene in Mr. Selfridges where they're like inspecting the nails of all the mm. floor staff. I'm like, Honestly. God, I wish I could get away with doing that. The amount of times I'm just like, now I have to fucking be polite and be like, maybe we can, maybe, maybe, maybe. perhaps maybe brush your hair before you come to work. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yes. Anyway, everyone got on board. However, when they threw the uh, St. Mary's Hospital fundraiser. Wait, so that was like their first big event when they opened? Again, it keep one thing said it was like in 96, so that's like three years later, and then another is like it's the first, that's what it got everyone on board. So I'm choosing to believe that it's... Interesting. They had this big fundraiser, because there's one thing that wealthy New Yorkers have always loved, will always love, it's a charity ball. Get seen! Get seen. Get to like show off, be like, I've donated donated the symphony for the event. Like one lady literally, that's, yeah, her donation was an orchestra. I (laughs) love it. Um, So yeah, so then people were like, all right, fine. And the salad was a big part of that. (sighs) I love. Uh, The Waldorf Astoria, which was originally, it was two hotels. There was like rival families. Like it's, this whole story of this hotel is like wild. Romeo and Juliet. I know. I love it. Wait, so was this was the Waldorf to start? So originally it was just the Waldorf, mm-hmm. and then they built the Astoria like across the block, and so the Waldorf was built as like the this one like James Astor or whatever the heck his name was. I didn't I didn't write it down. He mm-hmm. built it like right across where his like great aunt lived as like a spite, like ha ha ha, like fuck you. I've built this huge hotel right next to your house. That's very good. And then her 
son, I guess, eventually got her to move, like, just, like, sent her upstate. She's like, why don't you go upstairs? Like, just, like, calm down. Then they built the Astoria where her house was. And then they joined them with this, like, the Peacock Alley, which is, like, this fancy walkway thing. So then it was two joined hotels. And then the whole thing got knocked down because they built the Empire State Building there. And then it moved to a different place. And it's it's a whole thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Also, what a fun name. The Peacock Alley. Peacock Alley. I know. I know. Um, the Waldorf Astoria was the first hotel to offer room service. What? And was the first major hotel in the world to hire women as chefs, beginning in... Oh, God. It's going to kill me, isn't it? And it's not that bad. 1931. Oh, okay. That's actually way better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to you, because when we did our uh, like research into the Titanic, mm-hmm. do either of us recall if we're, there wasn't room service aboard the ship? That would have been. I don't think so, because the whole point was that was you to had go to and dress like, up and yeah. go and have and and again at that time, although that's a little bit later, but it's more like mm-hmm. everything's all coursed out, which yeah. I guess this would have been too. But interesting. And I think the reason that they started having room service is because they were really catering to like business people, like mm-hmm. which where I guess it's like if you're in a rush and you're just gonna like have snack. I don't know. Hmm is i'm interested to see like i wish that there was like records of like this is how many like fully coursed out meals we delivered to rooms <laughs> like let me see the stats i want i know i want all the data i want a spreadsheet oh, totally <sighs> let's read all the stupid paperwork i know i want it um okay back to this actual heckin salad mm-hmm. so the original recipe contained only apples celery and mayonnaise Your oh face. my god with grapes showing up shortly thereafter, followed by the, I think, crucial addition of walnuts. If you don't have walnuts, what are you doing? I know. In a 1928 recipe. Oh my god, that's so many years after. I know. The only argument I could find for not including nuts was this quote from Wikipedia that I don't, it just like, quote, the apples, celery, and grapes can all be green, which harmonizes the color palette of the dish. That's so fucking stupid. I don't think I want no color like harmonious red salad. apples, red apples. Pur- yeah, red apples and purple grapes. See, but that's that's a controversial. That's a that's not on brand. Contrasting. That's yeah. I want harmonious contrasting. in different ways. I feel like I want green celery, green apples, red grapes. Even though actually I much prefer green grapes as a rule. But. Yeah. The only time I would ever want the red grapes is in the salad. I think so. And I feel like even the taste would be better. I think it's too acidic with the green grapes. We'll have to do a compare and contrast. Well, there you go. Um, the mayonnaise dressing is also controversial because mayonnaise is always a freaking controversy. Ugh, yes. But Oscar's OG recipe reads thus. <clears throat> Peel two raw apples and cut them into small pieces, say about half an inch square. Also cut some celery in the same way and mix it with the apple. Be careful not to let any of seeds of the apple be mixed with it. The salad must be dressed with a good mayonnaise. So there. Ew. Huh. Like, things were... I, the thing that I think is maybe different is that, like, our understanding... Like, what we have as mayonnaise now is very like, different. so from- different. And that's what I'm trying so hard to keep in mind. I'm, like, imagining us, like, emulsifying, like, egg and oil and stuff like that, but... Like, there, like, it's a fresh mayonnaise. But even still, it's, like... That's not flavor in there. Bitches don't use enough salt and pepper. That's all I gotta say. White what? people. Why? A lemon juice. Oh, my God. 
Get some acidity in there. <laughs> and remember, at that time, it was literally just apple, celery, and mayonnaise. <laughs> Wait, there was lettuce too, right? No. What? There's never lettuce. There's never lettuce on a Wolver. There's never lettuce. Oh, well, there is. I'll now. Okay, I'm, whoa, I need to, like, take a break. That's insane. So you've got, you've got inch pieces of apple, inch pieces of celery, and mayonnaise. That's the original salad. The fuck is wrong with these people? Grapes came a little bit later, then some walnuts. That's it. I'm shook. I'm frankly shook. And that's, that's all I've always known it to be. I guess, like, sometimes people will serve it in, like, a lettuce cup. Yeah, I feel like I don't want, like, a lot of lettuce, like, tossed in with, but I want, like, a bed of lettuce to have it on. Not originally. Wow. The Waldorf salad was immediately popular. It was featured in Cole Porter's 1934 song, You're the Top. (gasps) Do you know this song? No, but sing it. It's literally just a list of, like, popular things for the 30s, but in, like, a very fun way. So, the full, the, the Waldorf salad line is, You're the top. You're a Waldorf salad. You're the top. You're a Berlin ballad. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You really need to go and be like a like a show. <laughs> you know, you know the kind of singer that I'm thinking. Yes. Just, yeah, you need to go do that as your second act. <laughs> Waldorf's Gosh. big enough for Cole Porter. <laughs> Truly. Uh, in the 30s, Jello. She's back. <laughs> you mean Jello? Jello. Gel-O, uh, came out with a recipe for Waldorf salad, except that they called it New Manhattan Salad. <gasps> Sneaky buggers. Which was apple, celery, and walnut pieces suspended in lemon jello flavored with vinegar. <laughs> Ow! I want it. I actually, I have a dream of making a jello Waldorf salad that I've had, like, for years I've been wanting to make this, ever since I saw an updated recipe on ye old stupid Bon Appetit. Mm. But it's like, the... The photo of this salad on the website, it's like three tiers. It looks like beautiful suspended jewels and not what's probably just like soggy nuts. Ugh. It's like so gorgeous. <laughs> I Eventually I will make it because it is, I have to, but I'm going to need to like own molds. It's going to be a whole production. You own molds. I don't like, you need proper rings. It's like there's a oh, ring of rings. ring mm. and then like the, the little guy. like a dressing mold on yeah. top. With, mm. like one day. Yeah. Maybe. Most writers equate the Waldorf salad's success to its adaptability, mm. which makes a lot of sense. Like, it's a very basic recipe. <laughs> yeah. People recommend adding chicken, turkey. You can turn it into a sandwich. You can substitute pears for the apples. People add potatoes or cheese. There's even was a recipe that's like turning all of the ingredients and making it into a cake. Love that. So fun. I mean, I guess it's literally just like apples grapes and walnuts in a cake i don't think you put the celery in the cake part you could probably even use mayonnaise like you can put mayonnaise in a cake you can put mayonnaise in anything frankly it's just egg should we try to put celery in a cake i'm down for it i feel like you wouldn't ruin it you know i honestly i love celery it's okay thank you it's (laughs) one of the better foods i'm like i don't feel as though it needs all the hubbub it gets about the whole cheese whiz and raisins to make it ants on a log or I mean, peanut butter or whatever i'm not saying I'll those are bad it. yeah delightful make me a plate of celery with uh peanut butter brand mm. but i would happily munch away on just celery sticks yep fucking delicious it's so it's crunchy it's satisfying you like pull the strings yeah out. I it's love like that. a string cheese it also kind of feels like you're getting water when you eat it because yeah. it is water it's so you're like i'm hydrated as fuck now 
also if you're gonna be like really like psycho and about your weight it's negative calories because it takes more to chew than you're actually consuming there you go diet food it is peak diet food god that's so depressing i know but there's sometimes like sometimes when you're just like in like a snack mood mood, it's the perfect thing to have Mm. because you're hydrating that's all we really need is water usually as with all classic scare quotes foods you know the purists poo poo the customizations Ugh. Which, like, on the one hand, like, okay. But then also, like, the 70s, I think things were getting, like, pretty wild. Okay, this is the thing. My caveat is, like, (laughs) totally customize all the food you want. Except for, like, just don't be a fucking weirdo. So how about these? So there's a tropical Waldorf (gasps) that has coconut, ginger, and dates. I love this. I'm not opposed to that one. There was also a beef Waldorf. Nope. That has cubed beef and marshmallows <laughs> you know the classic combination of beef and marshmallows well aren't marshmallows just like horse fat uh gelatin like hooves yeah gross beef and marshmallow sounds fucking rank horrifying like just yeah also apples and mayonnaise are in there why <laughs> oh my god uh, also quintessential for the late 70s, early 80s was yogurt being substituted for the dreaded fat of mayo. I feel like I've had that and that's fine in I my think, mind. Like, I'm pro, like turn the mayonnaise, like dilute it a little bit, like maybe put like some sour cream, this get is a little thing. citrus, get a little... I feel like it's the sourness of the mm-hmm. yogurt that I would appreciate from that. Yeah. Yes. Um... Sheila Hibben, who was a food editor for the New York Times, was concerned that the salad, Waldorf salad, kicked off, quote, the sorry mixture of sweet salads of the whole, like, mid-century. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. (laughs) Damn. Uh, I don't know. Were there other sweet salads? Or is it really the beginning? I guess we'll have to find out. I think that's probably the first one. It's one of them. I, like, I'm having such a brain fart. Like, I know that there's a hundred sweet salads, but, like, name one other sweet salad. Ambrosia? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I am a slut for an ambrosia salad. No, I don't. I just don't like the oranges. Well, we don't have the oranges in it. I don't have the oranges, because I hate oranges. Oh, my goodness. As of 2019, the Waldorf Astoria still sells about 10,000 Waldorf salads a year. Oh, I know. It's so cute. That is really cute. I know that being, like, a real stan for, like, massive, like, multi-million dollar hotels <laughs> is, like, really gross. But there's something so charming about that, right? Like, it just kills me. Where it's just, like, this is what you're known for. Like, this is the famous thing. And the fact that it's still going, like, 130 years later. And it still seems kind of, like, it doesn't seem old-timey. Like, I can't no. think of many other foods from the 1890s. Well, I mean, I guess it's because we aren't eating it the way that it was eaten then. I guess, but it's not... Like, I'm sure that the way that they serve it is... it's. I bet it's just grapes, celery, nuts, mayo. Maybe a bit of a fancier dressing. But yeah, I, don't I was going to say, it's... I think the dressing would be different, but I think the rest of it would be the same. Well, it's not that different. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you gotta love a classic. I guess so. And also just like any sort of like the nostalgia of like that sort of, I don't know, the hotel era. I know. It kills me. <laughs> there's and there's something about those kind of like the like mayonnaise sweet salads, like the broccoli salad with like the Ugh. grapes and stuff. 
Why is it so good? Why? You know what, though? Grapes really hold their own. Name a time you've added a grape to something and it hasn't been better. I mean, I don't often add grapes, but I understand. I think they always add something. When you add grapes to water, it becomes wine. So there's the first major argument in favor of grapes. <laughs> I think that's the only argument. Yeah, I don't need any more. I'm no. done. Just boom, flip it. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking might drop. So yeah, that's the little Waldorf. I love that so much. I'm, yeah, it was just such a delight to research. It's just like everything's so cute. Like Oscar's adorable. Thank Can't God wait. for Oscar. Can't wait to read more about him and to follow him through as we continue on this. I love it. He's going to be our little, um, our little third post. post. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our silent partner in this season. Love it. We'll just be reading his words because he's got the most to say about it. I guess so. Oh, well, I love that so much. And I thank you for telling me about all of this. You're welcome. Um, I don't know. Do we have any last closing arguments? Closing arguments? Mm. Nothing. No, I have nothing. I'm so beat today. I know. I'm exhausted. Ugh. But that's fine. Yeah. Maybe we should make a Waldorf salad for dinner. Or maybe not. I feel like I just want Thai food. It's pretty huge. No, we should make a Waldorf salad. I'm feeling that now. Okay, fine. We should take a picture of it for this. Which, Rose. by the way, we forgot to mention on our last episode. Like, Sorry, we're goos. out of practice. Um, please follow us on Instagram at Pantry Staples Pod. Tell your friends, tell your foes, rate, review, subscribe. Do see you that. later, kids. Yeah, do all that nice stuff. And we'll see you next week with maybe another salad. Who's to say? On this, uh, yeah. Is our podcast getting healthy by accident? Oh, disgusting. How dare. I know, truly. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.